For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Stop what you're doing, everyone. The Major League Baseball trade deadline has passed. And the New York Yankees were very active. We're going to break down all the Yankees' moves prior to the 6 p.m. deadline on August 2nd and much more here on this brand new episode of the Pinstripe Talk podcast, which begins right now. You are listening to the Pinstripe Talk podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of the Pinstripe Talk podcast powered by Delahanty Media. I'm your host, Nick Delahanty. You know why I'm on the air today. The Major League Baseball trade deadline has officially passed. And the New York Yankees were very active trying to bolster this team before the final chase to get to World Series Championship number 28. Yankees made a few interesting moves. One right before the buzzer that we're definitely going to talk about. But there are a lot of things that went on in Major League Baseball. Juan Soto. One of the youngest stars in the game, 23 years old, gets traded to the Padres. The Padres give back what I think is a really bad group of prospects to the Washington Nationals. The Padres also get Josh Bell. They add Brandon Drury. They even trade it for Josh Hader. They're putting the chips on the table and they're saying they are all in. Kudos to Preller and the Padres organization for going for it. You know, prospects are cool. Parades are cooler. They're trying to get over the hump. They got to get past the Dodgers. Heck, they got to even get past the Mets. For the Padres, makes a lot of sense to go for it. You get two years of control with Soto. You get a year of Hater. You just locked up Musgrove for a couple of years. Things are looking up for the San Diego Padres. And you know what? A couple of teams that I thought were going to be a little more active weren't. 
the New York Mets for one. They did get a reliever in Givens, but they didn't necessarily do as much as I thought they were going to. I thought they were a key spot for a guy like Wilson Contreras. The price tag seemed to be too high because nobody ended up matching it, but they did get the reliever that they need. They added Daniel Vogelback and Darren Ruff to kind of share the DH role. But overall, I thought they were going to be a little more active. And then you look at the teams like the Astros and the Yankees. The Astros made a couple of moves to get some guys who were really Yankee killers. Christian Vasquez from the Red Sox, a guy who really loves hitting against the Yankees. And then Trey Mancini from the Orioles. Look at the AL East helping the Astros make their chase to the pennant. Mancini, if he played all year in Houston, would probably have about 25 homers right now. That's how good that guy can hit. Camden Yards, the new dimensions did not help him at all. And then one of the questionable teams for me was really the Boston Red Sox. You know, they start by trading a guy like Vasquez. Then they're trading to add, they get Tommy Pham. Then they take on Hosmer's contract after that whole big mess. He was supposed to be in the Soto deal. He waived his no trade clause, so he couldn't go. And then he ends up going to the Red Sox. The Padres basically paying for him to go to the Red Sox. A couple of prospects involved as well. But to me, I thought the Red Sox were going to be a little more in sell mode. I thought J.D. Martinez was a prime candidate to go. But again, the guys that didn't go end up showing you that the price tag was probably a little too high on them and teams were not willing to budge. We saw the packages that Luis Castillo got back. You know, you can make the case Soto got a big package in terms of prospects. You know, there's a lot of things that went on in this deadline, and we're going to definitely talk about them on this show. Remember, follow us on social media. Let us hear your thoughts. What are your thoughts on the trade deadline as a whole? What do you think about the Yankees? You like what they did? You don't like what they did? Let us know in the comments. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, even on Instagram, Delahanty Media, and let us know your thoughts. But let's jump right into it, okay? I don't want to waste no time. I know you don't want to waste any time. The Yankees started off by getting Andrew Benintendi, a move that, for all of us, seemed to be a little shocking because it came right after the Yankees got swept by the Mets in that two-game series, and it showed that Brian Cashman was ready to work. But as the trade deadline got closer, the Yankees were involved in multiple things, according to reports. And we're going to get into the starting pitching toward the end of the show because I kind of want to wrap it all up together as we go along here. So let's start with the Yankees' first move. They made a deal with the Chicago Cubs to get Scott Efros, who's a right-handed reliever. The return was the Yankees sending right-handed pitcher Hayden Wesneski to the Cubs. Now, for a guy like Efros, and I have to be completely honest with you, when that trade went through, I said, who the heck is that guy? Well, it ends up being that this guy's pretty darn good. 28-year-old rookie, took some time to get to the big leagues, but nonetheless is there. He's a sidearm right-handed reliever, and he's made a lot of appearances this year. 44 innings to be exact, 2.66 ERA, really good strikeout-to-walk ratio, and he has been very effective. Now, one thing I want to bring up about this is that sidearm motion. If you guys watch the Jeter documentary, which is very good, I must add, Jeter talks about facing Brung Young Kim, the former reliever 
from the Diamondbacks, and he said that he hated facing side armors because it was hard to pick up the ball. For a manager, you always love to have options. And you remember, the Yankees did bring Darren O'Day in, hoping that last year he would be that guy. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case, but Efros has had a really good year. He's been very effective, and he's really good against lefties. He's not just a guy who could get right-handers out. Lefties are only hitting 132 against him this year. So there's a lot to like. Plus, they have five years of control for him. He's not eligible for free agency until after 2027. Now, they're betting on him to maintain this effectiveness, you know, small sample size. But again, there's things that he can do while not needing a 95 plus mile per hour fastball. And I think that's what entices the Yankees. You know, if you could get a couple of good years out of him, the deal makes a lot of sense. And with the Yankees' injuries in the bullpen, stockpiling relievers is definitely something that won't hurt. Now, of course, there was a lot of higher-name relievers out there. You know, you can make the case that they should have went out and got one that's more stable or reliable. But, again, you take a chance on him. He's been really good this year. You hope it translates to New York. Following that move, this one, I think has to be the biggest move that the Yankees made since Benintendi. And that was getting Frankie Montas from the Oakland Athletics and Lou Trevino for a package of four minor leaguers. Ken Waldachuk, J.P. Sears, Luis Medina, and second base prospect Cooper Bowman. Now, let's start with the Yankees. Waldachuk, left-handed arm. Seems like they have a lot of hype around him and that the Yankees think very highly of him. Apparently, so do the Athletics. J.P. Sears, we saw a little bit of him this year. Again, he's a dime a dozen. He's a guy you can replace and you could find to fill a void. He was good when they used him, but I think that with a, a bigger chance, he'll go to Oakland. He could probably slide into their rotation within the near future. And the other guys, Bowman, you know, he's a lower level guy, but Medina was one that, you know, I really liked Medina's stuff. I think he's a good talented prospect. I think the ceiling's high, but I do think that overall, the Yankees said, you know what? We haven't had much luck with our pitching prospects. Let's go into our depth, which is right-handed pitching, and add Medina into the fold to get this done. Again, let's look at all the pitchers. It's just in my lifetime. You know, you look at the Davey Garcias. You look at those type of players. It, it just, after what point do you stop coveting these prospects and go out and get that number two starter you need and we saw the price tag for Luis Castillo that's the guy I mentioned in the last show that I really wanted the Yankees to get but the price tag was way out of their reach you get a guy like Montas does two things well one he pitches well against the AL East two he's had success against the Astros you know maybe he comes in and he'll have some tips for the likes of Garrett Cole Nestor Cortez Jamison Tyone on how to get the better of those Astro hitters. And then you add a reliever in Lou Trevino. And if you look at his numbers, they're not going to impress you. By any means, having a bad year, he's a guy that has had success in the past. But what is one thing that the Yankees look for? Guys who could pitch against the Astros. Altuve struggles against them. Bregman struggles against him. So they're going to rely on Matt Blake. They're going to say, look, this guy has been a quality reliever. Do your magic. And the hope is that he'll come back to form. So overall, I like that trade. 
I think that Montas is a steady presence. You get another year of control on him. He's a guy that I think you could slide in behind Cole and make a stable one-two punch for any playoff series. Sure, his shoulder injury from earlier in the year is definitely a concern, but if he's healthy, and we saw in his last start, the velocity was up. It looked like he had a lot of life on his pitches. I really think he'll be a good addition. I think he could be a steady contributor for this Yankees rotation down the stretch. Then we hit deadline day. And the Yankees' first move of the day was trading Joey Gallo to the Dodgers for a right-handed pitcher, Clayton Beater. Now, let's start with Beater because I'm going to go on a little rant about Gallo. Beater, the number 15th ranked prospect for the Dodgers, former second-round pick. Guy throws hard. Guy walks a lot of batters. Those are the two things you need to know about him. He's got a live fastball, a 60-grade fastball, and he can't control the zone. Doesn't that sound familiar? I'm going to bring you back to when they traded for Clay Holmes. Another guy who threw hard, had trouble walking guys. You think the Yankees could fix him? I sure do. He's in double A right now. He's been mostly a starter. I see him transitioning to a relief role. Hey, listen, if they could get anything out of him, I think it will be worth it. Now for Gallo. Gallo was quoted in NJ.com talking about his time in New York, and that released early on on the day of the deadline. And from what Gallo was saying, you know, it really took a toll on the guy. And I'm going to take my, you know, broadcaster or podcaster side of things out of this for a minute and remind everybody that he is human, and I understand and I feel bad for him in that retrospect. It really weighed on him that he was struggling so bad. However, some of the comments he has made really seem to frustrate me. And Michael K., if you have a chance, go listen to the Yes Network's pregame show before their game on August 2nd against the Mariners and listen to what Michael K. has to say about it. He brings up the point that they literally, and they being the Yankee fans, booed him and it was justified. He mentions that Gallo was the worst hitter in franchise history in terms of average. You're talking 100 plus years, 100 years of a franchise. And he's been the worst. It's not like the Yankee fans are booing him for mediocrity. And Michael K brings up Stanton. You know, his first game in the Bronx, they were booing him. The guy didn't even get a chance to unpack his bags. But then Gallo just was not a fit here. And again, do I feel bad for the guy? Absolutely. I don't think he wanted a struggle. I don't think it would be justified for anybody to say that he was, you know, content with struggling. But New York is a different animal. It's not like he's the first player to ever get harassed by Yankee fans. Let's call a spade a spade. You can go and name multiple guys. Heck, over my 29 years of existence, I could give you a handful. One of which, Sonny Gray. That's the one that sticks out to me the most. He got it from Yankee fans. He didn't pan out. Kevin Brown. The list goes on and on and on. But for Gallo, he just had an air about him the last couple of days of his Yankee tenure. Just moping around and, you know, they said he was packing his bags the night before the trade deadline knowing he was gone. So, ideally, I hope the guy could bounce back. I really do. I hope that, you know, he could figure it out. There must be something with his swing or... 
you know, confidence. Hopefully he could figure that out with the Dodgers. However, I think that this was a epic fail for the Yankees who gave up four prospects for this guy and he didn't live up to expectations. If you go back to my shows from the past, I mentioned how the trade for Gallo really scared me because the Yankees already had Judge, they already had Sanchez, they had Stanton, they had a lot of guys who do the same thing. Strike out a lot, hit a lot of homers. Well, when Gallo's not hitting homers, he's ultimately striking out. So for him, it's a bad year and a half for the Yankees. You know, you muster a prospect out of him, and it's time to just move on from it. Nothing but the best for Gallo, though. I hope he, he does figure it out in L.A. or wherever he may go this offseason. But it's safe to say it was an epic fail, and Gallo definitely doesn't have any uh, love for Yankee fans after this one. But I do think that he took the booing out of context a little bit. I, I do feel like he felt sing singled out, which in reality definitely isn't the case. I'm pretty sure that you could look at a lot of guys especially in that clubhouse, they get booed. Garrett Cole's been booed. Aaron Judge has probably been booed. Giancarlo Stanton has been booed. And if you don't have tough skin in New York, you're never going to make it. That's what Giancarlo Stanton does. You know, do you really think he cares that Yankee fans are booing him? He still goes out and he does his best. He does his job when he can. You know, he's, when he hits home runs, they love him. When he strikes out, they hate him. He gets it. But it was evident that the Yankee fan hatred or criticism of him was getting to him and that really led to him failing in New York so I'm glad that's over I'm glad that's in the past but I'm definitely ready to move on from the Joey Gallo saga and finally the Yankees last move before the deadline it was a buzzer beater and a weird buzzer beater for sure Yankees trade Jordan Montgomery now mind you starting pitching to the St. Louis Cardinals for center fielder Harrison Bader. Bader, fast, very good defensively, has a year of control left, but he's also been on the injured list due to plantar fasciitis in his foot, and he's not expected back until September. Montgomery, on the other hand, he's been average. But my question is, if you're going to trade Montgomery, why are you taking away from your starting pitching when Montgomery is probably your three or your four at this point. Let's look at it. Garrett Cole, obviously your one. You figure Monta slides in at two. After that, it's really a question mark. Tyone's been horrible as of late. Cortez has been up and down per se. Domingo Herman came back from the injury list. He hasn't been wonderful. Severino's out till September. They put him on the 60-day injured list. They say he's not happy with that. But now, you're training away a reliable guy who goes out there every fifth day and you're not replacing him. There was talks about Pablo Lopez leading up to the deadline. There was talks about Carlos Rodon. Neither, trans neither transpired. So now you trade away from your depth and you're literally one injury away from being in, you know, a really bad spot. Do you really think that Domingo Herman deserves more times around in the rotation? I get he's out of options and they would have to push him through waivers. I don't think anybody would take a chance on him through waivers with that history off the field coming off the domestic violence case. Or do you bring up Clark Schmidt 
who the Yankees recently sent down to the minors and, and are stretching back out as a starter. The move just doesn't make sense to me. When it first happened, it made a lot of sense because I thought that there was another move coming. Whether it was Lopez, whether it was Rodon, whether it was somebody random, I thought that we would have something to fill it in. But again, I I just don't get it without the corresponding move to bring in another starter. And it was shocking because even Montgomery was quoted as saying that it was a shock. You know, his name was rumored in trade talks throughout the day on the trade deadline day. But I really thought that that was going to be a corresponding move to them doing something else. Kind of like an odd man out situation. Based off this move, you can make the case that I guess the Yankees are comfortable with what they got in the starting rotation. I'm not in that, you know, agreement there. But, you know, I, I understand they get Bader. They see him as the center fielder, I guess. That was the one position that the Yankees were rated below average in defensively. They're one of the best defensive teams in baseball this year. Maybe when Bader comes back, they're thinking postseason, slot him into the lineup and boot Aaron Hicks to the bench. Maybe they're alluding to possibly looking to trade Hicks this offseason if they can. You know, there's a lot of different things and, and ways that this could shape up. But ultimately, I was a little disappointed to see that the Yankees didn't come away with another starter. I think that they could have really capitalized from getting a Rodon or a Lopez and keeping the likes of Montgomery. I guess they figured that Montgomery hit his peak in New York or they felt that it was time to move on, that he needed a change of scenery. Who knows what Brian Cashman was thinking there, but ultimately it's a move that's going to make you scratch your head, especially if one of these starters goes down with an injury and the Yankees are a little bit lower on depth because you realize, you know, Clark Schmidt hasn't been as healthy as advertised. J.P. Sears is now in Oakland. He was a guy who had a couple of starts for them this year. Davey Garcia seems to be a non-factor. So again, there's a lot of questionable things here. And I'm sure we're going to get answers as we go along into August and September. And only time will tell. Now let's give the Yankees a grade. Before the Montgomery trade, I probably would have gave them an A. I really would have. I think that if they would have stopped where they were or maybe acquired another starter and kept Montgomery or even got another starter and still traded Montgomery, I think it would have been an A type of effort. But I'm going to go with a B. A B being that I don't think they have enough starting pitching. I really don't. I like the other moves. I really do. I like the Montas move. I like the Benintendi move. I like the Efrost move. I don't get the Montgomery move. I, I, I really don't. But time will tell to see how Bader really impacts his team and how they plan on using him. And if he ends up coming back this year, that's a big question mark as well. So I'll give them a B. You know, do I think that they're the team to beat in the American League? I'm going to say no. I don't think they have the starting pitching. Pitching and defense win championships. We've seen it. We've seen it in the past. The Yankees have the defense. I think the bullpen's going to be, you know, pretty solid. But ultimately, the starting pitching scares me. And who's to say that Luis Severino comes back healthy? You know, September 15th, is that enough time to rev him up for the postseason? You know, I'm a little concerned about that too. And where Severino's going to be. Now, if Severino comes back and he's healthy, you can make the case that they have enough pitching. But a lot of it rides on the right shoulder of Luis Severino. 
But again, only time will tell. I really hope that the starting pitching could get back on track. They've been pretty bad over the last 40-something games. They haven't been as good as they were through the first 61 games. But again, time will tell. And you have to give Brian Cashman credit for going out and trying to make some moves. So we'll see how it goes. I'm not a fan of the prospect hugging. You know, if you could get an elite starting pitcher, I think that anybody should be expendable, including Volpe. But again, they're putting a lot of pressure on Peraza. They're putting a lot of pressure on Volpe to be the guy. And you just have to hope that it pans out. If it does, they're going to look like geniuses. If it doesn't, there's going to be a lot of criticism. Look at Davey Garcia. They were comparing him to Pedro Martinez. Now where is he? And nothing against Davey. I love the guy. I think he's, you know, he had a lot of potential. But he goes in line with the list of starting pitchers that the Yankees ultimately ruined out of their farm system. And again, we'll see how it plays out. But do I think the Yankees are a better team today than they were last week? I would say yeah. I really would. I think that Benintendi adds a lot to that lineup. Montas has that dog in him. You know, he's tough. He's gritty. He battles. I, I like his swagger. You know, I think he'll be a nice fit. Efros, I like the sidearm delivery. I can't wait to see him in pinstripes. It really goes to see what is going to happen with who ends up being that fifth starter. And can Domingo Herman step up to the occasion? Or, you know, Luis Severino comes back and can regain that spot. It's not an issue. So again, I I like it. I like the deadline. There was a lot of crazy trades. A lot of things we didn't expect, but ultimately they did go down. And you know what? We could finally rest and stop refreshing Twitter every five seconds to see what's going on. But as the Yankees compete for the pennant race, make sure you continue to listen to our show. We'll come back with constant updates and we'll talk some Yankees baseball with you. Anything that is going on, we're here to discuss it. But hey, gear up for that Luis Castillo start against the Yankees on Wednesday night. And it's projected that Montgomery is going to make his first start for the Cardinals on Friday when the Yankees come to town. Should be a lot of fun, but we'll be here to talk about it all next week with a brand new episode of the Pinstripe Talk podcast. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today's show. The deadline is over. Our job is done. You can put your pencils down. These are the rosters that the playoff teams are going to battle for the pennant and the World Series with. Let's see how it bodes for the New York Yankees. Thank you for taking some time to listen to the latest episode of the Pinstripe Talk podcast, powered to you by Delahanty Media. Once again, I'm your host, Nick Delahanty. For more Yankees news and content, make sure you follow us on social media. Until next time, as always, let's go Yankees. We'll talk to you really soon. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.